You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet. I'm a Franciscan Sister of the Sacred Heart. You're listening to Dare to Love. Dare to Love is a program that cultivates vocation awareness in the Archdiocese of Chicago through our discussion of topics related to vocation discernment, promotion, and the charism of different religious communities. So I'm um, part of the uh, I'm the coordinator of the Religious Vocation Ministries and the Office of for Religious of the Archdiocese of Chicago, and I also serve as the coordinator of CAVA, which is the Chicago Archdiocesan Vocation Association. And today, uh, my guest is Brother Michael Gosh, who's um, a Viatorian or Clerics of St. Viator. Good morning, Brother Michael. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thank you for uh, being with us, and I'm in the studio, and uh, together with me today, this morning, is uh, Michael May and Javier Castillo, and they, uh, Garcia, right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's uh, also another Javier that I know, and uh, they're both here with me to kind of guide me through. We're doing something new. If uh, you ever use YouTube, we're also available there, and they're, they're taping all this. Uh, it seems so. I'm a little intimidated because uh, I'm just uh, learning all these uh, communications and uh, uh, technology stuff. So we're good. Anyway, Brother Michael, so thank you so much for um, uh, agreeing t- for the interview because I've been wanting you uh, to be a guest in this program, it, but it's just you're so busy. Uh, you're so much about God's work. Uh, and uh, you've been a guest before, but I think it was through uh, Father Greg, and uh, because you're you're doing uh, so much in terms of uh, social justice and service in the church, and you also have a role in your own community to serve as uh, one of your uh, leadership team. Um, so why don't you go ahead? I'll, I'll let you uh, introduce yourself um, and tell us your role and uh, some of the things that you're doing. Sure. Thank you, um, Lavina. Um, so as Sister Lavina mentioned, my name is Brother Michael Gosh. I'm a Viatorian. Um, our formal name is the Clerics of St. Viator. Uh, currently, I'm the Assistant Provincial of um, my community, uh, the, Illinois, uh, the Chicago province, which is, covers the entire United States plus Columbia. I'm also the founder and the director of housing and programs for Viator House of Hospitality, which is a ministry that welcomes unaccompanied immigrant children um, who are seeking asylum in the United States once they reach their 18th birthday and must leave the children's shelters and have nowhere to go 
accept adult detention in handcuffs on their birthday. And so we've opened up a residence where we have welcomed, since we've opened in 2017, we've welcomed 71 men from 18 different countries. Uh, currently, there are 22 men living in the house from 12 different countries. And we provide them not just with housing and food and clothing and case management, but I think the biggest thing that we do for these young men is that um, we accompany them while they go through the asylum process, which can be long and arduous. Oftentimes I say to the staff, sometimes we serve as host and sometimes we serve as guest. And there's a fine line that oftentimes gets blurred because true accompaniment involves letting the young person that we are accompanying sometimes be the host mm -hmm. into their own life. Um, and we don't have all the answers, right? And right. we're simply work, walking with them on their journey. And when they allow us into their life, um, we become the guest. Right. And I think um, I remember a few years ago, um, you and uh, Sister Patricia Crowley uh, were also talking about that. And if there's anything um, that I really took away from that other than um, the ministry that you have uh, is the part of, you know, I, I think you mentioned it's connected to being the guest. And what it is is it, it's, um, it, you know, people might see it as charity or doing something for but there's also something with with because, um, of course, it's an obligation. I mean, it's not like, oh, you're doing it out of the goodness of your heart. Fine. Um, but there's something else. And, and that is um, the guest part that you don't just impose yourself into someone's life just because you have the um, privilege um, and that they're in need. And that that that's part of the human dignity, and I, I really respect that. And perhaps you can you can um, expound about that some more. And I'm really interested also in how you even begun in 2017 about that. Sure. Um, well, one thing is the majority of these young men. Um, I think it's really important for people to to understand this that they're not refugees, right? Refugees come to the United States already having been vetted by an agency and welcomed by a host organization. They come into the country with benefits, a place to live, um, an organization such as Catholic Charities or Refugee One or World Relief or Exodus that work with the families, right? And they have status and they have benefits, medical, cash, food stamps, etc. Mm -hmm. An asylum seeker comes to the United States seeking asylum and seeking protection. And what happens is they go into detention. So they're two completely different types of people who come. In a sense, they're refugees because they fled their countries, but they come here seeking protection. And enshrined in our federal law is the right for anyone to come to our borders to ask for protection. They're not coming here illegally, right? Mm. Um, and it's also important to note that many of these young people did not decide, oh, I'm going to go to the United States. Many of these young people fled. They fled with what was the clothes on their backs, and they took off from horrendous situations. Um, and people are shocked when we say that we have young immigrant young men seeking asylum from 18 different countries. They think mainly this is a Mexican or a Central American issue, mm -hmm. but it's much larger than that. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing that people really need to remember is young people have significant trauma histories. Trauma, which, is, which caused them to leave home country. Trauma along the journey where many of them saw death and trauma going into detention and having all of their choices taken from them. When they come to us, they're 18, and we tell them, 
while they are still in deportation proceedings because they have not had their case heard yet, uh, they're free when they come to the house. They don't have to ask us permission to go to the bathroom or to go into the kitchen. Oftentimes they say, what time do I need to wake up? What time do I have to take my shower? Um, we tell them that they're free, and that's quite an adjustment for mm-hmm. them. And it, working with them with trauma-informed care practices is, is so crucial because I always tell the staff, look at what's behind the behavior. Mm-hmm. If there's any type of acting out or anger, what's causing it? Um, and that helps us really walk with the young men and accompany them um, as they seek uh, asylum, protection in the United States, knowing in the back of their mind that they could be denied asylum and deported back to horrendous conditions. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, we're probably going to be in, in a minute or so uh, go into a break, but uh, for I, I don't want to forget to ask you um, in, in terms of your background, because obviously, you know, there's got to be, uh, you can't just come in and, you know, start uh, working or helping or volunteering or getting involved without some, like, do you need a total uh, course in psychology and things like that? Because from from the sounds of what you're, you're saying, of course, there's love. But um, after the break, then we'll probably delve into that and probably mention a little bit of how you were very much infl- instrumental in setting up the Bethany House of Hospitality for for the women as well. So we'll, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. What this journey will bring And you guide me faithfully To find a home in you Hey, it's Timothy Johnston here from Liturgy Training Publications. Over the past few months, I'm sure you've found yourself at home more, whether it's working from home or watching live stream masses on Sunday mornings. As we begin adjusting to this at the beginning of the pandemic, One of the things I missed the most was gathering with friends at the parish. That's why we at LTP have created this new virtual gathering series called Living the Sunday Word. We meet virtually on Thursday evenings each week and reflect on the upcoming Sunday readings. And with that, we share stories to help us more fully reflect on the Word of God. I'm inviting each of you to join us, a group of friends meeting virtually from all parts of the country. So visit ltp.org for more information and to register. You won't want to miss this. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this, and our mentorship program provides a free opportunity for youth living in Lake County to spend time, virtually, with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youths age 9 to 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers serve as friends and role models who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer, and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports each relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that is totally different from remote learning. Virtual group sessions help youth enjoy fun activities with their peers, too. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today. To learn more, call 312-937-3375. That's 312-937-3375.
We are back. This is Sister Lavina Francis Pamet with Dare to Love. With me and on the phone is, uh, and I'm, I'm in the studio, and uh, Brother Michael Gosh, a Viatorian, or uh, otherwise known as the clerics of St. Viator, is um, here with me. And um, Brother Michael has been talking about his ministry as the uh, founder of the housing and programs for Viator House of Hospitality. Uh, thank you again, Brother Michael, for being with us. One of the things that I've been uh, very curious about is, so you, you said it started in 2017. How did you even, uh, you, you must have known something about the situation, and how did you even know to set up that housing and establish it? If you could tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, several years before that, um, I began working with Sister Patricia Murphy and Sister Joanne Persh, two sisters of mercy, who started um, immigration ministry here in Chicago, um, and I helped them uh, with what is called the Interfaith Committee for Detained Immigrants, which has since become the Interfaith Community for Detained Immigrants. And I helped them set up two housing programs for adults, and we also um, set up a post-detention program so that when people were released from detention, they called the hotline. We would meet them um, at the immigration, uh, well, with the Department of Homeland Security building, and then help them get on buses to wherever they were going in the United States. But several people didn't have a place to go. And it was while we were doing this work with adults that we learned about youth who were being released and had no place to go. And while they were released on their 18th birthday, some, some of them, um, in order to prevent them from having to go to adult detention, we would welcome them into our houses. But that was a specific population, and our houses were really geared towards adults. So it was at that time that um, I approached um, my community, along with Father Corey Bros, to start our own program, and we named it Vider House of Hospitality. In Latin, Vider means traveler. Mm-hmm. And we're all travelers, but these young people especially were in the midst of traveling on this very um, frightening journey of seeking protection in the United States. So that's really how it began, and we opened in January of 2017. Okay. And then since then, you've also... Uh started reaching out uh, because just a few years ago i don't quite remember the date but um because you had it for the young men then there was uh, such need for women as well right um our first orientation in january of 2017 i mentioned or someone asked me one of the volunteers said what about the young women are there young women in need of housing i said absolutely I said, but we're a men's community, and we thought we would start with men, and we did not think it would be good to have vulnerable young men and young women together in the same house or the same building um, for for many reasons. But I said, if there's anyone who would be interested in starting a program for women, uh, please see me, and we can brainstorm. And Sister Patricia Crowley, um, who had left leadership um, as a prioress of the Benedictine Sisters in Chicago, came up and said, Michael, let's I'll, I'll go to one meeting. Well, if any of you know Sister Pat Crowley, she is quite a force of nature, and she gathered women together, and 33 different women's religious communities um, came together and started Bethany House of Hospitality uh, that same year, and they opened in October of 2017. Um, And they were also, uh, they were renting uh, a facility out in Bartlett, but due to the graciousness of the Scalabrini's, the Scalabrini men's community offered them their Theologate in Hyde Park. Um, and so they have free housing um, for their program, as you know, or maybe you don't know, but the Scalabrini's, their ministry is to immigrants, and they're working a lot on the border. And they had this empty building that they weren't using, so they put it at the service of Bethany House. 
Right. And actually, I, I do remember, uh, I just not the date specifically, because um, with the Franciscan Sisters Sacred Heart, and um, we were one of the 33 communities, Sister Joyce Shannabarger, who is, our, well, she's on her second term uh, for general leadership. Um, I was on her council at the time. Right. And, um, and so we were very much interested in that. And, and it's just something that is uh, admirable, but also something that is, you know, when you look at it another way, it's heartrending. What else can, you know, how can you not help? And I, I think um, there was a surprise in terms of how overwhelming the, um, the desire to help and just be involved in whatever way people can. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously this helps, but uh, in terms of the percentage of, especially now during this time, um, the number of uh, of people needing help is so tremendous that um, there was a second wave in terms of you know asking for help. So at least it feels like to me, uh, and you would know better um, whether we are able to uh, match that need. Do do you know of? Um, you, you're, we're local, you know. You're doing this in Chicago. Do you know whether other places, other states, are able to do this as well? Um. I don't know of many other programs that have um, housing uh, hospitality programs specifically for unaccompanied immigrant youth who age out of youth shelters. In Chicago, there are organizations such as La Casa Norte and Ignite, and they work a lot with homeless youth in Chicago, primarily, you know, folks from the United States, although they have accepted um, immigrant kids in emergencies. But Vider House is the only program that I know of specifically geared towards welcoming these young men. Um, in the Midwest, if not in the United States, I could be wrong, but we get calls from Florida, New York, New Jersey, Texas, Colorado, Arizona, as does Bethany House. So we're not aware of other programs that work specifically with this po- solely with this population. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal is to have a webinar with various agencies across the United States to see if this model can be replicated. I know that the Brothers of the Sacred Heart in Baton Rouge have contacted us about op- uh, opening up a similar program. Um, so we would love for this program to be expanded because we know that putting kids in detention, and um, they really call them youth shelters, but it's um, some of these not-for-profit uh, shelters that basically the kids are in detention. Other programs such as Maryville and Heartland mm-hmm. work really, really hard to make sure that these kids are treated well, and I believe they do. Right, and so you're really grassroots. Yeah, absolutely. That that really is something else, and yes, my um, my my hope and I pray that um, the the replication, you know, that you become a model, that it will be it will be known, and hopefully the the this podcast is one of the beginnings that, you know, when it is shared with others, this information um, that somehow um, this can become part of their grassroots wherever they are in other places, other states. So um, for our third session, probably Brother Michael, stay with us and stay with us, sure. folks. We're going to uh, go on a short break and we'll talk more about your community and your charism. We'll be Thank back. You. What tomorrow brings Give me the grace to love And to be faithful To be more like you Here I am 
Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Hello, I'm Cardinal Blaise Supich. I got my COVID-19 vaccination and you should too. It took just a few seconds and was painless. The Food and Drug Administration determined the new vaccines are safe and effective. And the Holy See, as well as the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, has concluded getting the COVID-19 vaccine is an act of love of our neighbor and part of our moral responsibility for the common good. We have lived with the pandemic for many months and I know we're all getting tired of it. Vaccination is one of the most important ways you can protect your health and the lives of those you love and help bring the pandemic under control. When it is your turn, I urge you to be vaccinated. And remember to do your part by wearing a mask, washing your hands and watching your distance. Thank you and God bless you all. This is Sister Lavina with Brother Michael, and this is Dare to Love that you're listening to. We have been talking about uh, Brother Michael's ministry uh, called the Viatorian uh, House of Hospitality that is serving and the, the need in terms of those who are aging out of um, the uh, where the detention place usually on their 18th birthday, I believe midnight or whereabouts that they just take them out and you know they're on their own and um, thanks be to God we have uh, people like Brother Michael and their volunteers and the Viator House of Hospitality to at least help in any way that they can so uh, welcome back Brother Michael um, I am very much interested also in terms of um, you know you being having the vocation of of brother um, Perhaps you can mention a little bit, like how did you, are are you a native Chicago one? How did you even meet the Viatorians? How how did you know to become a brother? Sure, uh, I was born in Chicago at Resurrection Hospital, um, but raised in the in um, the northwest suburbs and attended Saint Viator High School, where I was taught by the Viatorians. Um, and when I was in a senior, um, I, well, throughout my years there, I was really impressed with the young brothers who taught there. 
Um, they were excellent teachers. They were engaged with the youth. They attended the, the football games, the basketball games, the dances, which we called sock hops back then, which I'm really dating myself. Um, and so uh, I was invited um, once to, to visit their formation house. And it was then in my senior year that I began to seriously um, consider um, doing something with my life that would be uh, involve things much greater than myself. I wanted to be a part of something that was bigger than me and something that was trying to make a difference in the world. And so for three years, I was what they call an affiliate. Uh, and I went to Loyola University while living in the House of Formation. But we were encouraged to work and to date and to be involved in things outside the local community, which we all were. And then after my junior year of college, I dropped out of college to enter the novitiate, um, which was a year of intense study mm-hmm. of the community and of the vows and of the history and the spirituality of the community. And then after that, I went back and finished up my degree and um, ended up teaching at my alma mater for three years before I left um, St. Vater High School and got my degree in theology at Catholic Theological Union and my uh, master's degree in social work from the University of Illinois at Chicago. Mm. So, it, so part of um, the reason that you're you're also able to, uh, you know, like found something like the Viator House of Hospitality, and uh, also from I I looked you up uh, just to kind of see, um, you know, what kind of ministry you have. I saw your uh, photos always with either uh, young people or other people, um, you know, for either a walk for justice. Uh, or the Las Posadas. Um, now, do you speak Spanish as well, Brother Michael? Or? I speak enough Spanish just to get myself into trouble. So <laughs> I might ask a question, and then someone responds very, very quickly, and i like, whoa, please slow down. Um, I can make myself understood, um, but uh, sometimes when someone responds very quickly, um, and depending on where the young person is from at Fighter House, whether it's Central America, I mean, whether it's Mexico or Honduras or El Salvador or Guatemala, um, uh, it's the the accent is different, and they have used different words and different phrases. So right. um, I, I can get by, but um, I, I need a lot of help at times. Right, and I think I think that vulnerability uh, sometimes helps. Sure. What you're good at, really, basically, even better than the English language, is the language of love. You know, Brother Michael, uh, you probably don't realize this. I don't know. You're probably not watching the time. But we've come to a close. Can you believe that? Um, quickly. Right. And so um, I would like to ask you to um, give us a blessing, maybe a last word, and um, a short prayer. Uh, and before you do that, I, I, I don't want to forget, if uh, people would like to get involved or find out more about the Viatorians, please visit their website, viatorians.com, and also uh, the Viatorians uh, ministry, viatorhouseofhospitality.com. Um, so go ahead, Brother Michael, and um, let's pray. Sure. Um, uh, this is one of my favorite reflections, and I look, I reflect on it all the time. And usually it's, it's um, printed, you see it a lot, right after Christmas, usually in January. But I think it's something for every day, and it's by Howard Thurman. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with the flocks, then the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal those who are broken in spirit, to feed the hungry, to release the oppressed, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all peoples, to make a little music with the heart, 
and to radiate the light of Christ every day, in every way, in all that we do, and in all that we say. Then the work of Christmas begins. Amen. And that's where the language of the heart, the language of love comes in. Thank you so much all for joining us. And uh, God bless your brother Michael. Thank you again for uh, joining us today. You bet. Thanks so much. to fall.